0: I'm so Hey this is Rich Eames, you're listening to Bicycle Motocross Radio. It's good to be back for 2008. We lost the plot slightly in the back end of 2007, but we're looking to come back bigger and stronger for this year. Our first guest for 2008 is somebody whose name you'll all know, but I guarantee quite a few of you won't know his face. He's the guy behind bmxmania.com, so check out what happened when we interviewed Gerry Landrum. (laughs) Alrighty, this is uh, Bicycle Motorcross Radio. We have lined up with us today um, a man who's usually one for giving coverage to other people, and we decided that was a little bit unfair. So we thought we'd have a chat with him and, and see how things are going over there in Indiana. So uh, welcome, Jerry Landrum, uh, webmaster of BMX Mania. How's things?
1: Hey, pretty good, Rich. No problem over here. A little cold, but that's alright.
0: That's alright. Fantastic. Uh, I believe you're getting ready to go out to the race in Phoenix this weekend, is that correct?
1: Uh, yes, that's correct. I'll be leaving Friday.
0: Right. So that's the uh, is that the ABA Winter Nationals this weekend? What's that? Is that the ABA Winter Nationals this weekend, or am I thinking of something else?
1: No, this is um, this is the seventh UCI no, seventh North American UCI Points Race.
0: Oh right. Where, where's that one being held?
1: Uh, at the NBL track in Goodyear, Arizona.
0: Right, okay, so it's not it's not an ABA race, I'm kind of getting the two mixed up, I keep forgetting the UCI and NBL are, you know... Invent- no, the
1: Winter Nationals are coming up in a couple of weeks, I think.
0: Oh, right, fantastic stuff, so uh, are you looking forward to the race?
1: Oh yes, always, I, I enjoy it, because there will be a good mix of, uh, you know, there will be some some international riders, I'm sure Michael Prokop will be there, uh, I think, Leon Phillips will be there... Um, you know, there's people like that that are over here kind of hanging out in California wintering a little bit.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh, that sounds, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really good weekend. So is there an NBL national attached to that race as well?
1: Yes, there will. Yeah. That, the NBL is not as strong on the West Coast as the ABA is, so it'll be a smaller national. Yeah. Um, but uh, they'll they'll attach a national to it. I don't think I'll, I don't think it'll be that well attended. Most of the big uh, NBO nationals happen back east, like Florida, Pennsylvania, East Coast, up New Jersey, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'll say I'm hoping to be out at Woodbridge myself this April, so uh, that should be a good one if I do manage to get over there eventually.
1: Yes, well, I'll be there. So if you come, I'll see
0: you. Oh, definitely. We'll uh, we'll hook up and have a chat. So just with regards to the NBL and the ABA and things like that, do you have a preference between the two, or do you see differences between one and the other? What do you see as the advantages and disadvantages of each
1: sanction? Well, there's definite advantages to each one. Um, I got started here in Indiana uh, in 1985, Wow. And there was no such thing as an ABA track, hardly at that point. There was one good ABA track near us. That was a classic called Buds BMX. They had a national there every year. Uh they had a big rider count. But it really it was kind of on its way out because the NBL had kind of saturated the area. Within my within driving distance of my house, there were five NBL tracks. Uh, one of which, which was national caliber, and the rest all pretty good as well. Right. So I, I kind of grew up in BMX as an NBL rider. Yeah. But but within within two years of getting started, I went to um, ABA nationals on a regular basis because they were always so fun to go to. Right.
0: Right. I did um, <clears throat> I did Del Mar in 2003, which was the first time we met, if I remember correctly. Um, and I quite enjoyed it. They seemed very well run. Uh, the general consensus of what I've been told from other people who've been to the two Nationals is that uh, the ABA is quite sort of professional and very well run, and the NBL is as well, but the NBL has more of a family feel to it. Would that be a correct assumption?
1: Well, yeah. One of the guys that talks a lot about that kind of stuff, uh, a guy named Mike Fields, who's involved with. Uh, 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 intense on track, big factory team in The ABA, he, he says, uh, it's kind of like one is a corporate mentality and one's kind of like a factory. Factory. Uh, I'm sorry. One's a corporate mentality and one's kind of like a family picnic. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, and, and I think that's yeah, that's not totally accurate, but it's kind, of, it's it's probably as accurate as you can describe it. Right. NBL's the NBL runs a, They run a good race. They're a little more relaxed. It always takes longer. Um, I personally can never quite understand why the ABA wants to get people out of the park as fast as they do. If they have a 100-moto race, it takes like an hour. <laughs> you know, well, at, at that point, well, I mean, you know, that's, that's an exaggeration. It probably takes two hours. Yeah. A 100-moto race for an for an NBL national takes uh, three hours, four hours all day. right. Um, your vendors, your vendors have people there standing around looking at stuff longer. Uh, your concession stand makes more money. So I could never quite figure out exactly why the ABA wanted to crank a small race out real fast. Yeah. I can see why they want like when they have the winter nationals, I used to go off to the fall nationals every year, and it'd be like you know, 300 motos. And it'd take, you know, if you transfer it in the morning, because then the ABA has a transfer system where you transfer out. If you finish the top two, you only race one moto, and then yeah. you sit out the next two. Um, if I transfer out in the morning, I could take I could take my leathers off, put my street clothes back on, go out, have lunch, go to a movie, go window shopping, come back, uh-huh. six o'clock in the evening, and my main would still be two hours away. Wow. So at that point, I can see why they want to crank them out like a machine, because yeah. they really are a moto machine. They crank them out like a factory. They're very, very good at it. They have one scorekeeper, Jen Morris, who she scores every, every moto that crosses the finish line. Wow. But she only scores one or two people.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, because you only got to take two at a time, hasn't she? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. because
1: of the transfer system. Right. Until she gets to the mains, which she still, still the I, mean, I think maybe she, I mean, I think maybe somebody helps her, like maybe Bill Morris, her husband may help her. She probably doesn't need help. She's so good. She, I mean, she's a, She's a writing factory. She just cranks those motos out. But that's that's pretty much the difference. The ABA has a different gate cadence. Yeah. Uh, they have the transfer system. They have a uh, little more emphasis on big teams. Seems like there's always bigger teams in the ABA. Uh, NBL's got pretty good team structure, but there again, it's always I don't know. It's a little more low key usually. Um, yeah. It's kind of a nice situation to have I personally um there are a lot of people who say that they think they'd like to have one b m x organization in the United States. I personally like the fact that there's competition. I think it keeps them um you know keeps them on their toes yeah. you know it would probably be cool. It would probably be cool to only have one organization. It'd be a little less confusing for people yeah um, but anytime you have one group in charge you don't have anybody looking over their shoulder. And I think uh, being a old red-blooded American capitalist, I think competition is good for business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because in England, we have British cycling. It takes them all day to run a 50 motor race. And like you said, there's nobody looking over the shoulder. And, and I know they do as hard a job as they can possibly do. They do it the best they possibly can, but they're always getting it in the neck on their message board forums and things like that. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. yeah, I think some competition for British cycling will be quite good. But by the same token, you know, it's got even more of a family field than the NBL has. So, you know, we can't have it sure. always. They're doing their best, so we'll give them a break. And, I think. You
1: know, that's you said the key right there. They're doing their best. And, I you know, I get so tired of people complaining about the ABA or complaining about the NBL or complaining about the UCI. I mean, you know, these are people who, you know, they don't – they don't try to. They don't try to do things wrong. They don't try to make mistakes. You know, sometimes you do make mistakes from your organization, and uh, you know people talk about the ABA and how efficient they are. And you know, sometimes things go wrong with them. You know, it, it just people try, and I think you know, it's just we need to be behind organizations that promote our sport, and, um, and I think that's good.
0: Yeah, it's not the uh, it's not the mistakes they make. It's how they fix them. So. Uh, I appreciate you point fully
1: but I love the Euro scene yeah I
0: mm.
1: love the Euro scene I love I've been to I've been to races in England and I've been to races in uh, on the continent and I like I like this I like the vibe I like the feel I like the excitement I think uh, that's a good product
0: yeah because you came out to cheddar for the Euros last year unfortunately oh, yeah. I, I missed that one because I was uh, I was in a period of unemployment at the time I wasn't working so I didn't have the funds to actually get there but, um, yeah, do you, do you like the cheddar facilities? Is that, is that the kind of thing that you think's uh, quite good about the English scene? Because that is slightly sort of um, a standalone thing because it, cause it's part of a holiday complex. They have all the facilities around them, whereas normally in England, you know, national races are run in the middle of a field and everybody's camping in a tent around the side. So I just wondered if they'd give you a slightly false impression of what the UK scene was about. Yeah,
1: no, I think it's fantastic. I I like the... I think, you know, overall i would give it i give it a n I'd I'd give it a nine on a tail on a scale of ten. Wow. Um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's very good 'cause you've got everything. You know, for big national events. You've got everything there.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean right. you've got lodging, you've got entertainment, um, you know, uh you, you know, it's 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 isolated, you know, it's out in the middle of out in the middle of the woods but you know that's cool I think I, I like that kind of deal oh
0: cool it's kind of,
1: it's, it's kind of like uh, here at one of the big races two of the big races they have NBL and are, uh, yeah. ABA wise are Rockford BMX yeah and South Park for the NBL right and both of those races are in nice wooded areas big sprawling tracks um, you know people can camp out you know there's people that there's factory riders that go and camp out in those places that's kind of a little more rare in the United States than it is in Europe. You know, in Europe, in Europe everybody's caravanning all over the place and bringing their little caravans in, their trailers and setting them up, and that's a real, you know, that's a real family vibe and real family scene. That you know, South Park and uh, you know, South Park and Rockford people people do that a lot. So it kind of reminded me of that, except it went even farther in that you had the. Uh, the I mean, it was in a campground. Right. I liked it. I thought it was cool. The presentation tent was pretty neat. Um, you know, the track I didn't think was the best track I'd ever seen. Right. It, it was it was a good track. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rate it up there with like Valette or some of those tracks. Right. It seemed a little, what, narrow maybe? Yeah. Tight turns. Uh, but some very exciting racing. Eibach got killed in the, what, second turn, was it? Was that the first turn?
0: Oh, uh, pass, pass! I've only seen the, that race on video. Unfortunately, we've not been there.
1: Might have been the last turn. Some kid blasted my uh, slave flash. I had a, I <laughs> had a flash off to the side. He came, he came off the top of that turn and just knocked, a, knocked my slave flash into oblivion. But it was great. I, I really enjoyed the race. It was very, very good.
0: Oh, good, good. So what do you think of sort of just moving on from that, the European riders compared to the American riders? Do you see a difference between the two in the way that they uh, approach the race? Or do you see a difference in style between Europeans and Americans? How do you you see that one shaping up?
1: Well, it kind of reminds me, the European rounds kind of remind me of American nationals in that there's so many people there. And... um, of course, in this case, instead of coming from different states, they come from different countries. Yeah, which is which is always kind of unique. But really, it's it's not that much different. I don't think, um, because everybody understands each other, they know each other well, they race around each other a lot. Anybody who runs the Euro circuit, it's kind of like running the NBL or the ABA circuit. So in that respect, it's pretty much the same. Um, uh, the thing I think I like about it the most is just the vibe. The, the fans are really into it. Uh, there's a lot of fan participation. Uh, people get crazy. Um, you know, in a controlled, in a controlled manner. I mean, you, you can tell it's a BMX crowd. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not people who just wandered in off the street, kind of going, "Oh, I'm looking for something to do." But you know, everybody knows the riders. They know. Favorites, and they're not afraid to uh, not afraid to let everybody know. And the announcers, you know, the commentators, announcers are very, very good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, fantastic! Have you developed uh, Have you developed a taste for cheesy Euro disco music with all these visits that you've had to Euro? Because I know they play some terrible tunes at the races.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, no, I'm not really a fan of that music. But you know, in some in some sick way, it actually fits into the whole thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mind you, it's something like I would, never
1: to, yeah, I would never listen to that on my own. You know, I like caught an eye, Joe, or something like that. <laughs> but when, uh, when that crazy, what's the Belgian guy's name? I can't remember. It's not Paul, it's not Paul from uh, Holland, but uh, the other guy. Oh, David I can't, I can't remember. His name. Michel. Michel. Yeah. Michel. I can't remember his last name, but he's uh, he speaks French and English and Dutch and everything. And he uh he gets out and dances around all that stuff, and you know people just go nuts it's it's that that's, that part of it I think is what makes it fun for me is it's kind of like the the camaraderie um and i think for a you know for a while people kind of forget their differences as being from different countries, and they're just being extras and they're having a ball, yeah. And the fact that they sell alcohol at the race, which we don't do that here in America, probably helps too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, a few Dutch guys with a few few pints inside. Yeah, it's
1: lubricated
0: up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, what I wanted to sort of ask you about as well, Jerry, um, I just wanted to give you sort of an opportunity to, you know, give a bit of coverage to BMX Mania, seeing as though you give coverage to everybody else. So... I mean, it's one of those sites, it's on my uh, it's on my list of visits. It's probably one in the first three that I visit every single day of the week. Um, I'm just, I mean, you've been going with Mania for, what, however many years now. How long have you actually been doing that, and how did you get started with it?
1: Um, it's been in existence for 12 years. We're working on our 13th year right now.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's pretty crazy. I can't believe I've been doing it that long, but it's been a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah. I got started in 1996 I just you know I'd been kind of messing around on the internet for a while I had a Commodore 64 I think at the time <laughs> yeah no I had an Amiga I'm sorry I had an Amiga at that point which is actually a pretty fantastic machine but uh, I got my website started and just kind of went and eh, you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something you know and I started publicizing when I first got involved in 1985 One of the first things I did within a year of getting involved is I made an e-zine or a little little magazine here in Northern Indiana that covered um, the circuit that we had here in Northern Indiana. It was a five-track circuit that um, they all scheduled. They scheduled all their races together so that people moved from one track to the next. Um, It was kind of like a small national scene all summer long. So um, I started off right away. I went, hey, I'm going to make a magazine, you know, I made this little magazine up with like custom. I had a friend who did cartoons. He did you know little illustrations, kind of like Christoph Ball does. And, um, you know, I, I started my own magazine, and then that kind of died away. And then when I when I discovered the internet and started hanging out there, I, I kind of went, hey, I think I'll start a you know website. So I started it and didn't really know what to do with it, and just kind of put stuff up, and um, gradually I, I you know I already knew quite a few people in the American BMX scene just from having raced on um, I raced on Co Factory Mongoose team with Eric Group, Samuel Alano, Gary DeBacker and Shelby James and mm-hmm. Travis Chiprez. I was really fortunate. That was the first three years of my BMX involvement. And I knew uh a lot of the NBL people pretty well and a lot of the ABA people pretty well because I was always, I always went to national. So I just started gathering news and, uh, it just kind of evolved into a news site. Um, I don't know what I was going to, I don't know what I was going to do when I first started it. As far as I know, it's probably, it was one of the first three BMX websites that I can ascertain. Um, the first one for sure was newjerseybmx.org.
0: right?
1: Um, and then I, I think I'm probably right in there pretty close to being in the second or the third but it gradually um, um gradually just got started and I, I was in a situation where occupationally I, I I was kind of semi-retired not really retired but I was doing part-time work and I had some time on my hands and I just I just started really getting into stuff and collecting news releases and Um, you know, talking to people and putting up results. I'd, you know, get the ABA. The ABA has always had the best sanctioning body um, website out there. uh, They may not dominate that right now because there's so much other stuff going on, like with UCI and NBL. They've all caught up. But at at first, I got a lot of stuff off the ABA side. I would publish all their results and that kind of stuff. It just gradually kept going and going, and all of a sudden, I was... You know, I guess I had more time than most other people, so it just you know it it got real regular, and people just kind of went, "Hey, you know, BMX Nuni has always got something new up, so you know we're going to go see what he's doing." <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's yeah, it's a good site.
0: Yeah, it's a good site to navigate. Jerry, did um, how many hits a day are you getting at the moment? Because I'm always curious to know how much traffic you actually generate with that website. I'm sure it's in the tens of thousands.
1: Well, yeah, I get I get between ten and fifteen thousand know, unique visitors weekly. Wow! So that's individual IP addresses, you know, representing one computer.
0: Yeah. Well, one uh, of those is definitely how, mine. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's how I. Re, that's how I always um, tend to report it. I have two ways to two ways that I kind of measure the success of the website. The first is the fact that I get. Unique, I get that many unique visitors. The second is that I don't, I don't ever sell ads. Right. I, I've, I don't think I can't remember. Well, I bet it's been three years since I solicited anybody to buy a website to buy a web a banner ad. Every banner ad that you see on there, people have emailed me and said, Hey, I want to buy, an, I want to buy a banner ad in your news on your website. So, um, yeah, it's like. Wow, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that's not bad at all. in a In a in an era where everybody's on the hard sell for the internet, and you've got people coming to you, that's a fairly unique yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. So that to me is a measure. Being in the BMX, kind of in the BMX, um, a little bit of the inside loop, it's kind of like hmm, Diamondback. They don't even do anything with BMX hardly. But that guy just emailed me in November and said, "Hey, we want to take out an ad on your website, so we want to be a lot more active." Uh, no, that's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> so. We've got another one coming. I've got, I've got another one coming from uh, another company. I probably, you know, I don't know, Haro Haro BMX. You know, they don't really do that much. They do, you know, they have a good, they have a good team. Yeah. A couple guys, but they're not like out there at the races all the time. Blah blah blah. That um, you know, Tony who's the team manager. You know, he just emailed me last month and said, "Hey, we want to do an ad." I just went, "Man, that's awesome!" You know, so. That's kind of a that's kind of the way another way I measure it as well as unique visitors. When we have a big UCI race like the Worlds yeah. or uh, the ABA Grand the NBL Grands I get over 15,000 unique visitors. The, the you know the visitors just spike right out right out of the right out of the charts.
0: Yeah, because we know that we can always uh, you know pick up the results. Like at the ABA Grands you've got the you know the the Friday night results and pictures up on the Saturday morning, so you can kind of Follow it more, more or less in real time, and then you can pick up your photos and your results from there. And then you can also yep. watch it via, you know, go211.com, to 11.com, which has been absolutely fantastic because the amount of people in England who who sit glued to a computer at some ungodly hour in the morning watching the uh, ABA Grands is is quite phenomenal. Um, well, you want
1: to know it, You want to know an ABA Grand inside secret about BMX media? Go on. Okay, there's a tower every year that they have in the infield. That supports the sound system. Okay. And and they always have a black like a black curtain all the way around. What it is is that uh, it's like a uh, it's like a uh, builder's a builder's construction tower. You know, okay. How they set those up. And and underneath they have they have all the amps. They have like their amp crates and stuff that they haul around with them. Well, during the race, if you look at that if you look at that tower, I'm inside there getting ready to update.
0: <laughs> right. Ah, right. So you've got access to the net there as well.
1: Yeah, I, I sit in there. I sit in there in between the motos or in between the mains, uh, like the semis, the quarters, the semis, the mains. Like, like they'll run the quarters, and then I'll go in there. My laptop will be in there, and I have a wireless a wireless card that I use to log on anywhere. And so I'll uh, I'll type it up. A lot of times I have I'll kind of have everything typed up and laid out but just leave a place for a photo and leave a place for people's names. Right. And then I just go in there and update that real quick. And uh, I don't do that at the NBL grant. There's nowhere really to hide at the NBL grant. It's always out in the middle of the field where everybody can see you. And I don't, I don't like, the, I don't like people watching you work, but I, I always go the ABA Grant, I always go underneath that little, a little tower. It's really cool. And I like, I like giving that stuff up right away for people. Yeah, so it's people good. Know. I, I do Danny Kellogg, he, uh, he just, he made it out of his quarter, so he's still in the hunt, you know. Little Kyle's right behind him, blah, blah, blah.
0: That's fun stuff. Cool. That's fantastic. And another thing that uh, I definitely separates you from uh, some of the other websites out there, most of the websites, you have no message board for him. Now, especially the English one, uh, BMXTalk.com. It's uh, it gets very controversial at times. I think all the internet message board forums do. Has it been a deliberate policy of yours to keep away from message board forums?
1: I will never. I'll never have a message board.
0: Right. Probably yeah, for that exact reason. My,
1: yeah, it's just not my gig. Right. Yeah, I'll leave that to Dale.
0: <laughs> right. Okay.
1: <laughs> Only that. Well, actually, I guess Dale's site doesn't really have a message board, does it?
0: No, he's on the English one all the time. He's got about fifteen alter egos, I think. <laughs> you
1: know, Dale Holmes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Dale Holmes doesn't have to have a message board to stir up controversy. He can do that totally on his own. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, D- no, D- Dale I, likes a nibble. We we Dale likes a nibble. He likes to uh, he likes to keep the fans on their toes. I think it'd be, probably be his, his turn of phrase. You know, he likes Dale to keep Bob, the fans but, informed.
1: Yeah, he, he he always keeps the pressure on people. But he's fun. He's a fun guy to be around. He's uh, I mean, you know, that that guy has been there, done that. So you know, like, to a certain extent, he's probably earned his right to be a pain in the ass. I guess,
0: huh? Uh-huh. I think that <laughs> depends on who you talk to, Jerry. Yeah, well, yeah, that's something. true.
1: There are probably some people who don't who don't like what he says. I yeah. think he's hilarious. First. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I know we're uh, No,
0: I'm not...
1: I've never been... I've never been into message boards, and, you know, in spite of the fact that there's a lot of really positive stuff that happens because of them, there's also a, just a lot of times it's just a place for shared ignorance and for uh, negative comments... It's kind of like you know parents griping about their kid didn't get this or you know and, you know and God bless the thirty forty year old guys that have come out of retirement and turned BMX on its ear because you know you know you've got them all over England we've got them here in the States too you know guys who used to be you know super super class. There used to be A pros here in the state, fast guys, and then they you know, they got off and their you know, left their bikes get dusty in the garage and now they've rediscovered BMX and that's awesome. But a lot of times it's those guys that sit around and they're the ones that are barking about this and barking about that. And um you know, they've got plenty of places to do that without doing it on BMX Mania. And I just always wanna major in the positive aspects of BMX as much as I can. And that's a little easier to control when you don't have other people entering their opinions on your forum.
0: Yeah, and what you'll absolutely notice as well, Jerry, or I do, I don't know if it's the same for you over there, the better they were back in the day, the more bitter they are when they get on the internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it gives it gives guys something to do. And I, I, I can't say that it's a totally negative situation, but I've just never, you know, I I think that's, yeah, you know, it's cool. It, it, what I'm doing takes plenty of time. I don't have time to run all that stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: uh. i have got to keep it as simple as I can. And you know, I've I've learned a few lessons in life through my BMX website. And uh, you know, one of them is you don't put rumors up. You know, I don't publish rumors. Um, I did that once, and somebody climbed down my throat and ripped out my tonsils. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I. I just don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. Right. Argentina, the Argentina, at the world's the GT team got gotten a car wreck on the way to the race. Right, I, I that remember that one. Yep, I had that news up. Somebody emailed me right away. I can't remember who it was. Somebody emailed me right away, told me that happened. I put it up, and I got a, I got a nasty gram from the team manager Todd Corbett. He said, "Don't you ever do that again." and I learned something at that point. He said, "I'll let you know what the story is." You know, if you want to speculate and make an ass out of yourself. You know, you know, we had we had parents who found out from you before we ever had a chance to tell them. And uh, you know, I, when he said it that way, I kind of went, "Yeah, that's eh, probably a good idea not to do that kind of stuff." Yeah. I mean, it's so, kind I've, of I've always
0: Good ahead, I was just gonna say it's kind of a knock on because things like that nowadays would end up on message board forums probably before they even ended up on your website and probably oh, yeah. before the parents were even told anyway so
1: yeah
0: the the speed of the internet's progressing, I don't think anything's a secret anymore in b m x yeah.
1: but we're not going to do that at b m x mania we, I've learned my lesson and um I think, you know it, it makes you a credible it makes you a credible news source. And I'm not really a professional journalist. I've kind of evolved into one, but I'm not a professionally trained journalist. My brother is. He's, you know, he's got his master's degree in journalism. But I've been around it all my life.
0: Yeah. And I know,
1: you know, you check sources, you make sure you have the story straight, and you go with, you know, you go with with legitimate, reliable sources, not speculation and half-assed commentary. You know, that doesn't really get you anywhere. If it does, it's going to get you the wrong reputation
0: right so with regards to other websites as well because i mean you're kind of more or less the same news source um uh, you've got the likes of bmx news out there and stuff like that are there any other websites of, of of bmx news and things of that nature that you recommend or that you like i should say is there any other website where you go yeah i'll go there it's it's a pretty good source of information i like reading i like what i see who are your other favorite bmx websites
1: um, yeah, I don't have much time to go to other people's websites because I spend about six to eight hours a day working on my own and then I'm a basketball official uh, for schools here during the winter. During the summer, my wife has me out doing a lot of work around the house. So I don't have much time a lot of times to go um, to other people's websites. When I do, if, I, if there's something that somebody says, hey, have you heard about such and such? A lot of times they'll include a link. They'll say, "Hey, check this out on Vintage." So I go there. That's the only time I go to Vintage BMX, is 'cause I don't. Under- it's so complicated and complex with all the threads and stuff. I don't hardly know how to like, drill down to all of those threads. You're, like I get lost. And I don't know all the. I don't know all the. Like I don't know who I'm listening to, 'cause you know they don't use their real names, yeah. So I refuse to do. If I sign up, it's always I sign up as Jay Landrum. Right. You know, right. But, you know, half the time you don't know who people are. But, you know, somebody says, hey, check that out. This thread on vintage, I'll go check that out. Uh, probably my one of my best sources is the guy we just talked about, Dale Holmes. Dale always, if something's going on, Dale usually knows what it is. Yeah. And I'll go check his site or uh, BMX News when Robbie Miranda had it. I'm not sure who's running it right now. He sold oh. it to somebody.
0: Yeah, I don't know who's handling it either.
1: Yeah. But VNX News usually, they, they usually have stuff up quick. Um, I'm not a huge fan of b n x News because of the forum. I think they hurt, you know, I've seen a lot of people get hurt and um, kind of stomped on there, including myself. Uh, and that's nothing to do with the who runs the site. It's just that they allow that to go on. Yeah. Uh, VNX Ultra in Australia is a guy named Shane Jenkins who I've worked with for years. Uh, he's a very really good guy, and he- he always seems to collect good news um BMX dot com to go to b m x or dot org uh, of course that's all sanctioned stuff I try to go make sense of the u c i website but a lot of times it <laughs> seems to me kind kind of distant and not really um uh, it's informative for points and stuff but uh, I wish there was a better. I wish that the UEC uh, would have a better website. I you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're trying, but that you know, there's so much that goes on with English uh, or with uh, European BMX that I wish they had a better website. But those are the ones I those are the ones I check out just because.
0: Yeah, if you could speak French, you could go to ones like BMX Today and things like that and some of the Dutch ones as well, but obviously with them being in the native tongue, it does make it a little bit different, difficult yeah, sorry, but, to figure out what's going on.
1: Yeah, I actually do do that on a relatively regular basis because if I don't, I have a, I have a very rudimentary grasp of French. It's actually kind of like cafe French. But um, I can kind of understand... And then if I have to, I'll use a translation page or I'll email my friend uh, Vincent Champier, who's on my he's actually on my factory team, and he well, a lot of times I don't have to go to those sites. He emails me and says, Hey, this is what's going on. Um so I, I, I do go to those sites not regularly, but semi regularly. Most of the time when I go to a website, I'm 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 researching something that I'm putting on VMX Mania or I'm uh, getting results that kind of thing. Right,
0: right. Have you, got, uh, have you got future plans for BMX Mania? How do you see it running sort of like, say you're into your 13th year, now how do you see it running in the future, BMX Mania? Do you ever see a day yeah. where you think you'll hand the reins over to somebody else?
1: Um, uh, I've thought about selling it a couple of times. I've had two offers, but um, I don't think the amount of money that it would take to be uh, feasible for me to let it go I don't think anybody really wants to pay. Uh, the two times that I've had offers, I'm, when I, you know, told them what I wanted, then I, I never really heard back from them. So. Nice. <laughs> I, I've always figured, you know, like I make, you know, I make a little bit of money every year. You know, it's nothing like a full-time salary, but you know, I make, you know, several thousand dollars on it. You multiply that times, figure, you know, I'm going to give it a good three years. I'm going. I've kind of said in the past I'm gonna go through the Olympics and see what happens from there, but I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna shut it down, you know, any time right after the Olympics. Let's say I'm going for another three years, if I make if I make twenty grand or thirty grand a year, um, you know, gross and, and then spend of course in my case I spend thirty thousand dollars a year traveling, so it doesn't really matter. No. But um, you know, let's say I make thirty grand a year, well times three, ninety thousand dollars. You're yeah. nobody's gonna pay ninety thousand dollars to have the name. Because then you'd have to have somebody like me that was dumb enough to work at it all day long.
0: <laughs>
1: and if you had to pay somebody full time to do that, you'd be paying ninety thousand dollars from the name. Then you'd be paying somebody twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars know as a, as a basic salary yeah. to uh, to run it. Because anybody who's going to buy it is not going to have the time to run it. Yeah. You know they're going to if they're buying it as an investment, they're a business and they don't <laughs> probably not in the business of putting up. You know, uh, little Richie Eames's kid won third place at the, uh, you know, at the Bournemouth Nationals or something like that.
0: Yeah, we've so. got a few years before that one happens, Jerry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> before
0: we get Robin out on a bike, she's seven months old, but uh, she's already got a couple of pairs of hands, so she'll be running flat pedals as well. And uh, I'm going to get her out on a bike as soon as I can. But uh, of course
1: you will.
0: Yeah. But I was surprised when you said you spent six to eight, six to eight hours a day working on it. That, I, I figured maybe two, three hours at the most because you do put a lot of work and effort into it. I never had uh, sort of any inkling that it was practically a full time gig for you. Yeah,
1: uh, it's sometimes it's more like twelve hours a day. I mean, I, there's a lot of times I don't even I don't even hardly get out of the chair. I mean, I do. I work out of my home in my dining room, so. Um you know kind of run in town to run errands to do things, to pay the bills, whatever blah 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 um and I, like I said, I referee basketball, so you know I do that that's a school that's a school activity, and those games don't start until like four thirty um in the afternoon or early evening, so I spend pretty much all day at it and then i'm a I'm a real late night person, plus I deal with a lot of people in Australia and Europe so um, a lot of times I'm on a different time frame than most Americans are, so I'll stay up sometimes till two or three in the morning, and you know get three or four hours of sleep and then get right back at it. You know seven, seven, start out at seven o'clock, run till three in the afternoon. What's that? Five plus three, eight hours. Eight hours. And then when yeah. I come home in the evening, I'll put in two or three more hours. So.
0: Right, you just put off anybody who was thinking of starting a starting a BMX website as a business. I think you just totally bust that bubble, Jerry.
1: Well, it's not. That's one reason why I've had such longevity because I've seen them come and seen them go. Because nobody has the time. There's nobody in BMX that can that has the time to put into it that I do because it doesn't make any money. You can't you can't approach it as I'm going to make money on this. You know, so you've got to be able to either be uh, filthy rich, or in my case, I have the, you know, I have the most understanding wife in the world, and um, and you know now we're we are at a point now. In the last three years, we've actually sold banner ads to the point where eh, we don't really make any money. By the time you figure, uh, like the American government gives you forty-five cents, forty-five cents a mile. Um, or, uh uh is tax deduction on your vehicle. Yeah. Well, good grief, I drive you know, I drive thousands of miles every year. You know, and then all the travel that I do, I mean I, that's another thing It takes time. I book all my own travel. Sometimes it takes me now I was trying to find the cheapest ticket, you know, to get somewhere to go cover the supercross race or I'm gonna go over for Copenhagen, I'm gonna be at the I'm gonna go to the uh, European Finals and go to the Copenhagen Supercross. Well, you know Probably take me fifteen, twenty hours to figure out who's got the cheapest ticket for that, because you know, I've got to buy it and that kind of stuff. Get to the race and then you know, go from there. So.
0: Right. So no yeah, business class flights for you then.
1: Yeah. No. No. Well, although I am, I, uh, since I've been doing so much work with the UCI, I have gotten, I've gotten to the point where I do get upgraded on a relatively regular basis. But I don't. I buy the cheap tickets. And get upgraded
0: from there. Yeah, well, that's something you definitely need to speak to Dale Holmes about because Dale's the master of getting himself upgraded, from what I've heard. So, uh-huh. uh, if you want travel tips, I think Dale's the man to speak to. I stand in
1: his shadow. I don't even. I, I, I'm not. I'm not ever
0: going to be on that level. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Well, I think uh, I think I better uh, wrap this up, Jerry, and let you go and enjoy the rest of your day because I don't want to keep you away from the t- computer screen for too long. <laughs>
1: But, okay brother.
0: Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, speaking to you and having you on the podcast. Um like I say, I'm still trying to run this thing and, you know, get it up and going again, so I'm hoping to have at least one a month done through sort of 2008. That's my goal. So, um but yeah, thanks for coming on and chatting to us and and you know, being a part of it and uh, we'd be more than happy to have you on the, you know, on the podcast again.
1: Well, thank you, Rich, for all you do for the sport and and, and uh, BMX in England. I think that's fantastic. It's a great it's a great um tradition that we have with UKBMX over the years and I think that guys like you are helping to keep that alive and I think it's fantastic.
0: Oh, cool. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. I appreciate it. All righty, that's about it from this episode of Bicycle Most Cross Radio. If you want to get in touch with us, go to myspace.com slash bicycle radio. We're always down for a little bit of feedback from our listeners. Let us know what you think. Not sure who's going to be on the show next time around, but I can guarantee it'll be a good one. Until then, keep pedalling.